Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to our second guest of the day, uh, Lisa. And Lisa, I never tried or attempted. Doesn't it usually I, have our name underneath, Corey? Usually, but I can't see anybody's names today for some reason. I, I know, can't me. Yeah, it's it's not showing up. It's Shermer Horn. <clears throat> oh, so you t- I was going to guess. That was going to be my guess. But I was going to get it right, <laughs> which is a long name. And I That's why I wanted it up there, because I couldn't remember how to say it. <laughs> I, I Actually, I was, I was curious if I could get it right, and I can honestly say, that was one of the few times I was going to get it right. So, uh, Lisa Shermerhorn. Yeah, it took me a year. So you got you would have had it on the first try. And oh, that's uh, a married name. Yeah, yes, my ex ex husband. But I I've held on to it for a while. But uh, after the uh, the uh, retreat that you did, the three day weekend, I actually had a uh, session with Sharon, and uh, we had a long talk. So that was cool. Um, I, I love listening to the last interview. I loved it. And Elisa, I was laughing because you're living your best life um, down in the South. And I was like, oh, she's got like sleeves. And, you know, and I'm like, I know. I'm, here, I'm the like Canadian. totally in my sport. I'm got, so, it, so today's actually a holiday here. Yeah. Are you in the States? Yeah, I'm in Vermont. I'm actually near the Canadian border. So I'm living oh. my best life in a log home on the side of a I mountain. Lo- we, should, we, should, <laughs> we should share. You should come here. And I would love, I kept telling Elliot, I just want to get in the snow. I don't want to live in the snow, but I just like want to be on the slopes for a week. It's so awesome. yeah, we could definitely exchange. So it's a exchange holiday here. Yeah. Oh, is it? It's called Islander Day. But it's like uh, all across the country, it's like family day. And it's it's actually like family get together day. Oh, oh, that is OK. So no speaking. Idea. So I'm ready. Like we we live on the Wikiwachi River and it's a six, six, eight mile river. And it's all spring fed and filled with manatees. It's it's literally like, okay. do you remember the Blue Lagoon with like Brooke Shields and whoever the cute dude was, you know, in the water mm-hmm. and they were stranded mm-hmm. on the island? Do you remember that movie? I do. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's what it's like. So, so Elliot has a day off today. So after this, we're going up river and we're going to kayak down the river. So I'm kind of like ready to go, you know, I'm not in my fancy wear, but I'm in my, this is how I live my life wear. Lucky, lucky, lucky girl. Cause yeah. I'm uh, I heard somebody say, uh, I'll just say this one kick thing. And then Lisa, I want to dive into getting to know you. I, know. More. But, uh, I saw somebody post yesterday. Uh, they said their father always said you go, North to live and south to die. And she's <laughs> because I think I'd rather be on the beach, you know, at like the south on the beach and stuff. But anyway, that was the first time I ever heard that. But I, I was born on an me island surrounded by beaches and everything. And so if you gave me the choice, I'm probably going to, most of the time, I'm probably going to spend it where I'm near water and near woods and all like nature, basically. Yeah. But anyway, she's kind of, I mean, obviously north, like 
they're talking, you know, in, in that case, it was in the woods and she was staying in the woods. I can't remember who it was that posted it, but it was somebody in our Blue Talks community. And, but I, I love the, I love the saying, but I'm just for me, everybody has their own thing, right? Some people love the snow. Like my son, he said, dad, I love the snow more than the sun. I said, when'd that start? And he goes, the sun's hard on my eyes. He's the empathy sensitive to everything. So he said, I don't like the sun that much. I like the snow. Well, I said, well, the dead. sun in the snow can be really bright. It could be blinding bright. Yeah, I think he's because a lot of the days when it's snowing here, it's not as bright. So I think that's what he's factoring in. But me personally, I have the eye thing where I have to pull over sometimes. It hurts my eyes so much. But I still would choose to be in be near this water and sun every day of the week. So I think it depends, you know, who you are and where you're at. Uh, but I get the best of world, both worlds here. I have Alaska for four months a year and I got Hawaii the other eight months. Beautiful. So I'm coming to visit you, Corey. You should. All right. Uh, and we'll have a space for you, too. We have a guest room for you. So oh, yeah. having said that, Lisa, let's focus on you now, too. Get to know Lisa. Know. So, Lisa, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, before we dive into more of a conversation, just so people sure. get a feel uh, for who you are and, and get to know you a little. Absolutely. Well, my, my company is Peak Performance Mindset Coaching, and I'm a mindset coach. And um, I co-founded it with my partner, Kevin Martin. We are both certified hypnotherapists. We both are master practitioners in neuro-linguistic programming, which is also known as NLP, which is the mastery of excellence, the study of excellence. Um, but I've been on this journey for 20 years. Um, I had kind of a nervous breakdown. I was suicidal about 20 years ago. Um, I grew up with learning disabilities and didn't believe in myself. And I gave my power away to everyone else because I thought everyone else knew more than I did. And it reached a precipice um, about 20 years ago. And uh, I was going from therapist to therapist to therapist and no one was able to help me. And uh, someone suggested a hypnotist and I was like, oh, what? Don't they make you quack like a duck? And uh, I decided to give it a shot because I was desperate. And that put me on this journey that has taken me on this incredible ride all over the world, studying with master teachers and um, and also living in many different places. So my dream place was to live in Vermont. I built this log home, designed it with my ex-husband, and I always wanted to live here full time. And like you, Elise, I was listening to you talk about that. I I pinch myself because I get to live this every day. This was my dream. And um, being out in nature, being, you know, out, out uh, and being able to work right here from my home. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been a bit, been a great gift. And, um, you know, you were talking about uh, that Bob Newhart heart skit that I used to actually post that all the time. It's one of my favorite things. And it's it's all about I'm all about mindset and believing in yourself. And he does that. Just stop it. And I'm like, if it were that easy, we would all do it. Um, but we get programmed at a very young age from birth to seven. Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about our programming. I so, think even conception because we're hanging out. Right. At home. Well, I do. I do work um, that's called epigenetics and it's mm -hmm. the study of inherited beliefs. So I've actually worked with people that you can actually inherit a belief from your great, great, great grandparents. And those beliefs go, go right through your DNA. And if you think about this, if you have a phobia that doesn't make sense, a belief system or patterns in your family that just are very dysfunctional, oftentimes that gets passed down. And they did a study with, uh, with rats 
where they took these rats and they exposed them to this chemical smell of, it was a combination of cherries and almonds or strawberries and almonds, and they would shock them every time they had the smell until they, they, they took their grandchildren and exposed them to that smell and the, and the rats would run without even being shocked. So it, it's kind of part of evolution, but yeah, and there's beautiful things that we inherit, but you're right. We inherit from our ancestors. We inherit in utero, depending upon how the birth mother is doing and what their belief, beliefs are. And then once we come out, what we're exposed to through our culture, where we live, um, our religion, uh, so many different things, if, if any trauma happens in, in our life. And then we spend our adult life trying to undo these beliefs or I always say, what, what did your um, unconscious self, your five-year-old, what big decision did my five-year-old make for me today? Exactly. I'm like, how old are you right now when this keeps showing up? And they're like, exactly. I'm, this age. I'm like, no, you're not like, stop for a second, take a deep breath. And how old are you? Are you your 12 year old version? Are you your eight year old yeah. version? Are you your 20 year old version? Because yeah. those are the ones that usually take over in times of buffering. And and to take it further, I have a, the title of my talk. And it's the title of my book that I'm writing right now. In every belief, there is a lie. So if you take the word belief, L-I-E is in the middle of it because mm -hmm. everyone has their own map of the world. And you were just talking about this in the last interview where you said everyone has their own lens and how they see the world. And I always say, well, you've got one person who watches Fox News and another person who watches MSNBC. Both people think that they know the truth. Both people believe and you wouldn't believe it if you didn't think it were true. So in everyone's belief, there is either a lie or the truth is missing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really important to have awareness around that when you're making decisions and when you're with other people, because everyone inherently, I believe is trying to do the best, their best. They're doing the, the best, best they, they can, can with, with they where have. they are and yep. what they know. Exactly. Exactly. I love that you just said that. That is my one. Like I always ask somebody, what is your one thing that you believe unconditionally without exception? And mine is, is that everyone's doing the best they can with where they are and what they know, because and that's why yucky yeah. then they're obviously if they could do if they're when their best changes, so do they. Exactly. And, you know, we're so conditioned to judge and judge others. And you were talking earlier about the, the Mohawk. And then, you know, when you get to know people um, at a really deep level, you're like, this person is amazing. This person is brilliant. And mm -hmm. in allowing people to be who they are, but, you know, we make up lies and stories about ourselves around other people. And, you know, it's, it's so important to have compassion for others as well as ourselves. I totally agree. You know, and, and and to add on to that, one of the other things for me and my my belief, and I'm wondering what the lie is in this, but um, is that okay? So I'll I'll work with parents. Will call me and say, you know, my child's you know having ch challenges at school, or there's they doesn't have friends, whatever. They're acting up. They have ADD, whatever the labels are. Which don't even get me started on that. 
And I, I said, always work with a parent first, at least one or two times so they can, you know, we can resonate and they know who I am and how we work together. And I'm always like, so, so let me just get this straight. So what you're saying is, is that you need your child to change because you don't like how you feel when you look at him or her. Exactly. And they're like, what? I'm saying, so I said, so you want, you need your child to change because you don't like how you feel, what comes up in you when you look at them being that way or acting that way or doing that thing. And that's true with everything that we look at in the world is if we, if you need something to change, the only reason you want it to change at the root of it is because you don't like how you feel when you're in the situation, when you're looking at it, when whatever, whatever it is. That's why we want something to change. That is so brilliant. It's one of the reasons why I haven't really worked with children is because I work with adults, because in order to work with children, it's really about working with the parents. Well, I do for the first couple of times. And then really what I do behind the scenes is I let the kid help the child recognize that they are yes. already who they think or want or need their anybody's approval, even their parents, but they do have to listen. I mean, it's, 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 it, it works. And then the families come together without expecting somebody or needing somebody to change to be able to show up the way that they really want to show up anyway. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Brilliant work. Yeah, I, I love it. And having said that, I guess uh, I'll ask you as well then, Lisa, what do you think? Because this is something I ask often because I like to get to the root of it, even if, even if it might take a gazillion years to change at the core as a whole everything. I'm curious, what do you think are the main, what do you see as the main obstacles to people making the changes they want to make in their life or in general? Like, are there some things you see that keep coming up over and over again? Because we are humans, so we probably, you know, there's common threads, I'm sure. So people, ident there are oftentimes people will identify with their wound. Mm. Who mm. am I without it? Totally. And, and She's I will right. tell you, I will tell you, I had a client and this one blew me away. She uh, came to me because she wanted to lose 50 pounds. Her ex-husband, or, or I shouldn't say ex-husband, her husband, I don't know that to be true. Her husband told her that he didn't find her attractive any longer. And he was a health nut. He worked out like a you know, maniac and he put a lock on the refrigerator, a lock on the pantry so she started hiding food all around the house and she had this thing which she called it I, I can't say the word but it starts with an f and it ends with a u that was her eating you know and she would do that to get revenge and so we worked on that and she started to lose the weight and then all of a sudden she started canceling her appointments and i asked her i said what's going on you've already lost 20 pounds this is so exciting she said what if I lose the weight and he still doesn't find me attractive? Yep. Yep. And I just, I was flabbergasted, but we all, you know, when people get sick and then they identify with the illness and then people are able to use that as a way to gain attention. And when it's chronic for a long time, they identify with whatever the wound or I'm a victim. And you know what? Yes. You may, you are a victim, you've experienced this, but what do you want to do with that now? Do you want to empower yourself or do you want to live in that place where you continually get depressed and make excuses for not living your best life? And I was there, believe me, I was deeply depressed. I didn't want to be here anymore. 
but I knew that I had a choice. I had a choice that I could either live in that place or take my power back and figure out who I am because I had no sense of self. I didn't know. I just like, okay, I'm going to be the best mom I can be. That I knew how to do. That that was something I knew how to do. But everything else I was always so envious of. God, they know who they are. Even my ex-husband, he worked on Wall, he works on Wall Street. He was so passionate about it. Would talk about it every day and I was like, I guess I'm not here for anything. I guess I'm not here to accomplish anything cuz I don't think I'm good at anything. Cuz sometimes we don't see what our gifts are. We don't. Other people see. One of the greatest mm -hmm. exercises I have people do is have them put together a list of 10 people and ask them about all the beautiful things they see in them. And people start crying like, I had no idea people saw this in me. I'm like, yeah, it's hard to that. see yourself. You just gave me so, an idea, Lisa. I have, to add this. I have to add this because I might put, stamp it out there so I don't forget to do this. Yeah. For our next uh, speaker's boot camp, I want to do this. Like we, we've seen, uh, Lisa got to see it. You were there for some of it. And we had literal breakthroughs. I mean, we had people in tears in rooms and what have you. Um, we also had two people, which is really cool, that probably are going to land their TEDx talk just from watching, just from the boot camp. But one of the things you just said there, I love the idea because one of the things that came to me that I didn't discover until after, and I, I constantly have to get reminded of this, is I had people afterwards saying, but Corey, would they really listen? Like, so in other words... During the event, everything they're not sharing, this that's a hard thing to share. Uh, people afterwards sending me private messages that said, you know, I talked to so-and-so, and they said, that nobody listened to my story. I'm not this or I'm not that. And I forget sometimes how sort of how big a thing that is, how many people feel nobody want to listen to my story. So what I think I'm going to do, Lisa, is before the next event, because we already have the date and everything scheduled, I'm actually going to give people as an exercise for two weeks before to do that, and then to actually in one of the breakouts share in front of like chair if they're willing to to everybody right. else here's what people said about me that shocked me because, yeah they can edit and then they can edit it too before they show yeah, up yeah for sure but if they need to edit it but it'll be the whole self-worth thing i think that for some of those people that come into that thinking who would listen to me and then leave it as well i don't want them to leave it thinking that so what if what a great exercise that you just shared them if you're cool that i'm telling you I'm gonna of steal course it oh and, i stole it from someone else it's okay, not mine. Okay. <laughs> oh, i was like but I have, so I have a question, okay, because I, I find this a lot, and I actually have this, I, I've recognized that I've done the same for myself personally, is, I mean, I get testimonials and reviews and texts all the time from clients, people that I spoke with, or here, we're running a, this retreat here, we've had it for a year, and we have families and kids, and, and it's, it's an amazing space, and the people come here and they really have a flip your script experience. I don't advertise that on Airbnb, but when they come, they get their flip your script band and we have fireside talks and I work with the kids and we just have fun. So I get a lot of compliments. This is great. This is awesome. And what I was finding was, is that I was almost the 17 year old in me. I figured out the, her age didn't believe it really. They thought that she, they were just, she was just, they were just being nice. Like hundreds and hundreds of people were just being nice because they like felt bad for her, my 17 year old version. Right. So what I also see is you can compliment someone and, and tell them how awesome they mm -hmm. are. But if you don't believe it yourself, nobody can love you enough for you to love yourself. I, nobody could be happy yes. enough if you're not happy for you to find you're happy or nobody could be sick enough for you to get well. And that's why I do what I do. 
because using techniques like hypnosis. I use EFT, and, and, so yes, I get it. Yeah. I, I'm trained in EFT, NLP. There's another one, emotional freedom technique. They're simple. EFT. They're easy. And there are things where you take away a block because I, I got involved in an organization and um, I started, I founded it. I was working almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And people were saying to me, Lisa, you're so amazing. Every day they would, you know, fill me with compliments and I would go home and I would cry thinking no one loved me and no one cared about me. It was our 17 year olds must have been in sync. It was the lie I told myself. And so that was the work. That was what I had to do was to eliminate those beliefs that I didn't have anything to offer, that I wasn't smart. What I realized that I'm not good at memorizing information and test taking. I don't have a linear mind. I have amazing emotional intelligence. I have that ability, but it took me a long time to even just say those words. Uh, it took a lot because I had such low self-esteem and didn't believe in myself. I didn't understand what I had to offer. And so mm. when, in, in order to become in alignment, it's like you remove all of those belief systems and then it's like you fill yourself up. It's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually really good at that or I know how to do that. But the misconception is being you has to be work. Because being you actually is easy and effortless because it's you being you. What is it that you do that's so unique to you that no one else can do it? Or it's hard for other people. And that's the thing that I always tell people to focus on. Mm-hmm. I love I love that because it's sometimes when something's, I'll say it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Yeah. And then some things we feel like, and I think that this is something that we're taught, right? That something that's embedded in us as we grow is that if it's not difficult and it works, it's not valid. Right. And I find that a lot as an EFT practitioner, like I go through the whole process and give them charts and all of that. But so when you're tapping, it seems like it's a simple thing to do and it really, really works. But the feedback that you get, I get often, and I'm able to have an open conversation about it is why does something have to be difficult? Where's that belief that if it's right. easy, then it's not worth it, doesn't have value, it doesn't really work, it won't last, right? right? Well, you know, you have to work really hard and then you get your reward or you have to do something difficult and then you get your lollipop or it's kind of we're trained to believe that if it's if it's easy, if my life is easy and I'm happy with the life that I have, and it's not hard enough. Do I get to enjoy it that well? Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Oh, yeah. You know what was interesting? I I was I had this with a golfer. I work with professional golfers. I actually helped a golf pro win golfer of the year. And Yay. one of the golfers, yeah, it's so cool. And and I had a golfer that I worked with who um when he was in his 20s went to a tournament and what was easy and effortless for him he was amazing putter but he had a really bad day and he couldn't put that day but someone walked up to him and said gee it's too bad that you don't know how to putt because otherwise you'd be a phenomenal golf pro for 20 years he couldn't putt he took that on so i worked with him in one session and actually i did eft with him back then mm-hmm. 
he went out and played nine holes, called me up and said best, best golf he played in years. It's that quick and that's easy. And that's why I love what you do. And we need more people out there. Well, let's keep in touch because I'd love yeah. to, to see how we can work together and grow yeah. a community. Because what I love about what I personally love about EFT and professionally is, is I know for me, like I, I'll go to a chiropractor and acupuncturist and, but I'm, or a massage therapist and I'm relying on the, the, going to and having them perform the treatment. But when you can put healing in someone's hands and teach yeah. them how to, so this is what I say, um, EFT, emotional freedom technique is like dental floss for emotional plaque. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it is. And then I created the bands. And so here's the thing about EFT and dental floss. It, they only, it only works when you use them. And you yep. could not use EFT or dental floss for six months, but the day you start using your dental floss, it starts working. And the day you start tapping again, it will work. Like it doesn't, it doesn't like have a lag time. Exactly. And that's one of the things that people don't understand. I started talking earlier about being programmed. They've actually done studies that the brain, our brain frequencies shift as we get older. So when we're born, our brains are at what they call delta. And delta is this giant wave. And you want to think about what does a baby need to absorb? Language, emotions, sound. I mean, you name it. It's incredible what they have to learn. Then as you get into elementary school, it moves into uh, theta waves, <clears throat> which are these other big waves. And it's also the state we go into when, when we've probably gotten too drunk and woke up drooling, <laughs> blackout drunk. Mm -hmm. And then um, you have that state of alpha where um, teenagers are at, which is that daydreamy state. So they've lined up, there was a neuroscientist lined up a bunch of adults and a bunch of teenagers and said, tomorrow you're going to have an exam. And all of the adults went home to study and all the kids were like, oh, tomorrow's so far away. It's all in the lens that we see the world through, but it's also the frequency of your brain. And they, I actually teach people something. It's an ancient Hawaiian practice called the hakalau, where you use your fingers. And when your eyes go out to the periphery, you know, the peripheral vision out to the perimeter, it puts you in automatic state of alpha. And so when you're studying, so wait, how do you do it now? So you put your fingers in front of you and then you take them as far out as you can until you can still see them just before you lose them. You and while them you're out or back, no, just, just till the side till you, as you look, you, you're, it's your, in your peripheral vision as far out. You automatically go into the state of alpha, which allows you to absorb information, larger amounts of information and store it. So when you're studying for an exam, wow. put yourself into that state. And when you go to take the test, you put yourself back in alpha. You call the information better. And for your professional speakers, you want to do that too. So that you have the recall of the information. It comes quicker because you're accessing a different part of your brain. The I alpha state so of your brain is powerful. It's where we meditate from. It's accessing your true self. I got goosebumps. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So do you stand like there when you're goosebumps. No, because you get at a point where you just do it automatically. You just kind of have this lazy eye stare. 
Um, and, and then all of a sudden you just put yourself automatically into that state. If you just make sure so that how you just do it, well, the more you practice, the better you get, then the better you get at it, where you can stay in that state all the time, mm. because then you can start to notice things like when you're in front of groups, NLP, in order to create rapport with other people. There's something called matching and mirroring because people like people just like them. So when when you're speaking in front of an audience and you see someone tilt your head, you can tilt your head. Or if you're speaking to someone, someone who uses their hands all the time, you don't want to mimic. It has to be subtle. But this is how you create rapport. You match and mirror the people who you're with so that they feel more comfortable and are willing to be more vulnerable and connect more with you. I love this. I'm I love it. <laughs> well, it kind of like, it's kind of like EFT. It's like, you can't tap too much. You know what I mean? You can't over tap. You're not going to go into tap overload. Here's a question. <clears throat> what do you guys think of this quote? This is somebody shared this with me one time and it always stuck with me, but I'd love to get your take on it. Cause again, like everything, we all have different perspectives or shouldn't we don't all have different perspectives, but we can have different perspectives. And the quote that she shared was, Everything in moderation except for love. Oh, I like that. I love that. You well, like you I, think that's okay. You can never have too much love. Or what are your thoughts around that? Or is it depend on the type of love? Like I, I heard, was just gonna say, it's the type of love because there's the state of unconditional love where you're loving just, yourself. I, somebody's at the yeah. door. I'm so okay. sorry. Yeah, you know, it's go ahead. it's um, that state of unconditional love um, where you are honoring and accepting the other people. I think I what I forget what language it is, but there are other cultures that have like five or six different names for different types of love. And so people misunderstand what love is because there's the love of your child, there's the love of your significant other, and then there's the love of humanity and there's the love of your dog or your cat. There are all very different types of love. But um, I would say, you know, the love of your dogs, you know, and your animals. Could you ever say that there's ever enough of that, that you want that in, you know, in limitation other than if my dog were my my 60 pound dog were trying to get on my lap right now. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's, I heard a funny take on this because it wasn't related to the quote, but it wasn't related to the quote in the sense that he didn't hear the quote, but it was like a similar type thing. And uh, Henry Rollins, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's a spoken word guy, but he used to be a punk rock legend. And he does a lot of spoken word stuff. And I love his, it's almost like comedy mixed with spoken word. But anyway, he said something about that. He goes, uh, there can be too much love. Now he was talking about really obsession or yes. lust, but obsession. Like lust, he, said, yeah. he's like this, he said, can you imagine having a 300 pound man running at you saying, I'm going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> and so he made the argument that there can be too much love, but again, it depends yeah. how you find love. So. Yeah, I'm never gonna get that out of my head now. <laughs> That's well, now, like, I'm just I'm, in, I'm, I'm an alpha you. now, so I'm never gonna get that out of my head. <laughs> well, he's like covered with so did you go in alpha before you came on the show? Sorry. Yeah. So how long do you I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish Corey. I'm, I'm so done. curious, like how long do you stay in alpha? Or as do you, long as you are want. you no, but you don't have to keep your fingers there, no. right? Like no. So how do you know when you're in or you're out? Like, I'm like, so ready to like, I think that's awesome. Um, you get into this kind of, you know, that daydreamy state yeah, where you're absorbing information. You have this like lazy eye 
you know, relaxed state. And in the beginning, you'll go in and out. And then you just keep putting yourself back in until you can train yourself to stay there longer. And what you're doing is absorbing more and more information that you take in, and then it gets anchored in so that you can recall it at a faster rate. You have access to it It's for your students to the kids, teach them that before they study or where they school and it becomes, it becomes second nature to them. And when they're studying what and then when they take tip. the test. See, and that's something as a perfect example, this is what it, all it takes, right? Over and over yep. and over again, but it's easy and it works somebody would say, Oh, that's all you do. And then you, and we disregard it. It's like, we look, I don't know if it's human nature or, you know, what we're taught or the training. Yeah. But it's like finding the most difficult thing to like, kind of try to overcome and then say it's whatever it is. The, the result is valid. Right. Right. You know, we, we have a whole less is more philosophy that we hear or the cliche that comes around all the time, but it's true. So it would be a great opportunity to start applying that to becoming the version of ourselves and becoming this well-being all around is find all of these beautiful ingredients, use them to become the signature dish that you want to become, but they don't have to be big and long and take up all this space, put them all together. But here's the thing that always cracked me up. How many times do we as practitioners know and have those tools, but we get triggered, we're in that dark place, and we walk around for two days and then go, oh, I could have tapped. I'm or, like, oh, oh my God. I, I know. I totally. Or I walk around with my flip your script band all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I could have just flipped my script yeah. 12 times this past hour and I didn't even use my van. Yeah, because we're we're humans and we're humans and and you know what? And that's why we have community. It's beautiful to have people of like mind and we support each other because that to me is love. And you can't have enough community to me. You cannot have enough. Um, Wayne Dyer has said one of my favorite quotes. Friends are God's apology for family. It's like you create your community because you get to choose. You get to choose mm -hmm. who's in your community. You get to choose the people who are going to support you and who you're going to support. Absolutely. So, yeah. So who, who do you tend to gravitate towards as far as your clients are concerned? Or like what area do you find resonates with you more? Right. Well, one most? of the things that I'm trained in is uh, I'm a why coach. So I help people discover their why, their why, mm -hmm. how, and their what to get an alignment. Um, mm -hmm. I also, so one of my why is ch it's challenge. And it's the, um, it's that the challenge of being outside the box. Like I'm one of those people who think outside the box and like to be different. So I like to work with people who are out of the box thinkers, which are a, a lot of entrepreneurs, creatives. Mm -hmm people who are in transition, people who are, are stuck and want to, you know, you know, it's cliche to get to the next level, but I don't know how else to say it. You know, I've lived that in my own life. I've done that. And um, I know the struggle that comes with it if you don't have the tools. And so people will exactly. revert. Like if you, if you are an entrepreneur and you're getting up in front of a group where you have to ask for money, and then that little boy or little girl inside of you feels like they're eight, eight years old asking for their allowance from mommy and daddy. I mean, we go back there 
and always, always money issues. How many people are one of the, the, the greatest misconceptions is that people who are very successful have scarcity issues big time. The more money they make, the more money they spend, the more money they make, the more money they spend, they get into scarcity. It never feels like enough. And they get stuck in this place where they put so much stress and pressure on themselves. So it's not just people who, you know, who live week to week or are struggling financially that way. It money, money is such a loaded thing. I work with people around that because I love also to work with other business coaches because a business coach will help someone get to a certain level, but they'll sabotage themselves if they don't believe in themselves. So I, right. I always say I get to make business coaches look like superstars because I'll take a couple of sessions with them, get rid of those beliefs, and then they can come in back with their business coach and take them to the whole, a whole nother level. Absolutely. I love that. And I love working with coaches too, because you know what, it's the six degrees of separation. Yeah. I, if I can help, a coach recognize release and start to restore some of the old stuff or restory then i'm done go ahead go go help yeah. hundreds and hundreds so all i have to do is one talk about simple i'm all about like keeping it simple to so, do one and then you go out another one then you go out so i know we only have a few minutes left but i want to ask you guys both a question. That was like so fast I know, but, and at least uh, knows I do this, but I'm going to ask you guys a question, which will bring us in a slightly different direction, but it's still related to what we've been talking about behavior and what Elise talks about often the idea of there's no such thing as bad and good. And I wanted to bring this out because this came up in an interview recently, and then like Lisa, we'll find out how we can connect and learn more. But uh, John Asraf, do you guys know who John Asraf is? No. No? He's, yes. uh, he was in The Secret. He's a mindset guy. Oh, he, kind of like, just, yes. he actually just had a virtual event or something. Yeah, and he's kind of yeah, but he's 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 a brain neuro guy, uh, but started out like as a, a thought leader influencer, and so John, I did an interview with him a little bit ago for a documentary, and he said um, we, we got talking about cell phones. That's why I'm bringing it up. So when we were when we were um, we had our first son, uh, we put like it was he the cell phone was somewhere and he saw it, and the first time he ever crawled was to get to the cell phone. But yet he was only like whatever age, he never knew what a cell phone was, or did he? So the thing that John brought up, and this is why I think is interesting, everybody knocks people in general for using their cell phones all the time now or bringing them out to lunch and all this stuff with them and not looking at the other person. But he actually made the argument that he thinks that the using of cell phones is an evolution that we're going to need later that we don't realize now. So he thinks the actions that you're taking, like this thing the kids are learning how to do, is going to help them survive when they get older, we just don't know why yet, or we don't know what the reason is. And for that reason, he doesn't judge people using cell phones because he thinks it's just inherently in them. And then what I'm adding to that is with my child, you know, crawling across the room to get to a cell phone. It's like he already knew what a cell phone was the day he came out of the womb. My question on that is what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because we do hear a lot of complaints about cell phone use and what it's leading to. Well, it's not even just about cell phones. I remember when my son was young, he was obsessed with gaming. He doesn't oh do it gosh. anymore. And I was like, what is the purpose of this? Like, I was like, I, I couldn't wrap my brain. I was like, go outside and play because he was an athlete too. And then I saw drones and I was like, Air Force, military, drones. So it's like they're, the hand-eye coordination, the ability to think fast because our technology keeps changing over and over again. So you're right, computers. 
you know, all of these technologies are preparing the next group of children, the next generation for something. But, you know, there, there's also this balance because I can get stuck on my cell phone and really like I, I use it for good, but it can also keep me trapped. And then all of a sudden it's midnight and I'm like, I just lost two hours that I could have been sleeping or I just lost two hours where I could have been reading a book or having a conversation with someone. So it's like that balance of, of being able to go out, get into nature, because we also need the downloads from nature. Because what people misunderstand is, yes, we get information from this, but that's external. The most important information that we get is when we're quiet and in nature and we start downloading from source. And that's where we get our aha moments. That's where we get our inspiration. So, so I'm, I'm all about technology, but there has to be a balance. And that's what saved me to move here after my, my separation and divorce was during COVID. I was walking my mountain roads, getting exercise. I was out in nature. So I didn't have to feel that anxiety and stress because I could get out and enjoy that. I love it. I hope and that answered your question. <laughs> here's uh, interesting. Miles pointed out all, all new heavy equipment is joysticks also. So there you go. Yeah. If you learn how to use a joystick, I guess, you know, it makes you more qualified potentially for a heavy equipment job. But yeah, it's, I just want to run that by you. So at least I think you want to add one more thing before we. Well, I just, I just had this like, aha. Uh -huh, well, now we're going into the next guest. But anyway, really quickly, like, I just had this like download of an aha moment. It's like, again, why are we so, so happy with the way things were that we're so now not wanting it to change in advance? What are, what are, as adults, what are we doing? We're trying to unravel the crap that we didn't like as a child. And now we're like, oh, it's almost like something new to look at, to defer, I call it deflecting. It's deflection from who we are right now. Because if we were truly happy with and enjoying and loving how we're showing up in the world that we're creating through our perspective and our now beliefs and our now way of thinking and speaking, honestly, for me, I'm like, whatever, you know, the technology's there. If I stay focused on the world that I would like to be a part of co-creating with, and that's where I spend my time. I spend my time co-creating and putting in the effort and the energy and the love and the joy towards what I want to see in the world, not what I want to get rid of and how come this and that. Everything was a thought. If I And this is a conversation that I always have openly, first and foremost, with, with my clients and friends and family is everything that we're looking at right now was somebody believed it was possible. To me, that's fascinating. Anything, the chair, the phone, the glasses, the, everything was Premier. a thought someone had that they yeah. believed was possible. 100%. I love that. And I love, um, you know, the perspective of what you just said, too, Elise. Ultimately, if we don't like that world, like meaning stuck in technology, then don't, then all you can do is change yourself. Don't be stuck in technology if you don't or like it. Or create something else that's, and, and make I mean. that like, the movement of the future. Create what but you all like. This biatching about this and that and the other thing too about your post the stream that you see that people are arguing you know what I, you know what my philosophy is there's only a game if you volley hmm. yes you can only there's there when, if you're standing point. on the other side don't of a pickleball engage. court or a tennis court and somebody hits a ball at you and you don't hit the ball back game over so no true. it's true it's about not <laughs> engaging 
not engaging. People say, because... oh, you're ignoring and you don't, you're not standing up. No, I'm not putting my energy. I'm not going to volley this game. The best thing to do is know when to engage and when not. And what's really important. It's like, what, what, what hill do I want to die on? And uh, I've walked away from many altercations, potential altercations because of that, because I know who I am and, and I'm in integrity and I'm in alignment. And if this isn't, and you said that early on when you talked about, we get programmed, we have our beliefs. If I start posting on Facebook, if I start to antagonize someone, are they going to, are they going to change their beliefs because I've antagonized them? No. Less likely, probably. It's, it's about asking the right questions, planting seeds, walk away, ask another question. I'm curious. And one of the things that I love to do is talk to me about why you believe what you do. I want to know more. Tell me more and, and engage. And I have people in my life who I love that have opposite stances on and many things. And we have agreed to disagree. I don't try and change them. They don't try and change me. We honor each other where we're at. And we need to come together more like that. It's critical. We There's too much divisiveness in this world. Accepting and honoring people for where they are is, is really important right now. I agree. I made so much so. I've and it takes a lot of pressure off. It takes... Uh, when I decided, when I decided my, everybody's doing the best they can with where they are and what they know only because I put my, I'm doing the best I can with where I am and what I know. And when, with what I know changes, my best changes and my experience changes. So if it holds true for me, it holds true for everyone, no matter what it looks like when I look at that, right? If I look at something and I say, oh, well, this could be that, or I see a, even seeing potential in someone, seeing potential in someone, this was a post that came up is basically when I say that I see someone's potential, it's basically saying I would do this if I were you. I would do, right? The potential is, is what I would do in that person's situation. It's yeah. really just what I would do if I were them. That might be what happens times, with parents whenever they say, uh, he's going to be the top hockey player in the world. You're, <laughs> you're, seeing, you're seeing the potential you want them to have. And, and we see it here all the time where parents are trying to now kind of live through their child, but yeah. sometimes maybe they see the potential before it exists because they want them to live that life. So the next time we see the potential, we say, I see their potential or they have so much potential. I want, I, I welcome you to stop for a second and think, where is that really coming from? Do we really, really know that person has the ability, the want, the desire, the drive, the belief to be that, or is it what we would do if we were them? <laughs> I love it. So Lisa, I have to ask you because I know our guest is now backstage. So I want to ask you, uh, our next guest, I should say. So Lisa, this has been an absolute pleasure. You are a rock star. You know that. How I do we find you though? How do we yeah, work with that, you? That's going to be my last question is, where can we connect with you? Is there a hub? Yes. So my website is peakperformancemindsetcoaching.com. Peak performance mindset coaching. Well, you you can actually put it in the comments on on wherever we're streaming, and even in the archived yeah. ones, and then people can come and find that. So and then there. also, if you can spell my last name, <laughs> um, it's Lisa. Uh, actually, you can email me at Lisa at Peak Performance Mindset Coaching as well. So you can email me that way. Um, or you can reach me. And also I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, Lisa Schermerhorn, S-C-H-E-R-M-E-R-H-O-R-N. 
Love it. And I just put- you might want to put that in the comments too. <laughs> and I put um, your website in there too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Amazing. So Lisa, like I said, as you know, this has been an absolute pleasure. I thank you. Thanks for being so gracious. Thanks for sharing so much amazing insight. And uh, I can't wait to see all you do within the Blue Talks community. So, oh, I'm so looking forward to that. And the book, when's the book coming out? The book number six is, I got to check the dates, but I believe we're about three weeks away. Roughly. Yay. All right. Right. Within three or four weeks, I believe. All right. I'm excited. Thank you so much. It was such a it pleasure. It was really, really nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. It was Bye -bye. amazing. Thanks, Lisa. We appreciate you. We'll chat more soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>